online from New York City, border to border and coast to coast. You're connected with Tom Sullivan. Yes, you are. And uh, hi, thanks for connecting. Welcome to the big radio show. Happy Thursday. Thursday, the uh, what is it? The 10th day of March. Year of our Lord, 2022. My name is Tom Sullivan. So, uh, hey, we have something uh, uh, to talk about today besides Ukraine. And then we have a lot of Ukraine and then some more Ukraine. But, uh, yeah, we got the inflation reports out this morning. And uh, no surprise, they were a doozy. I mean... (laughs) Uh, there's nothing good about it. There, there's nothing good about this. And I, I, I thought we would start with that because it's a little breath of of different air than um, than talking about the death and destruction in Ukraine. We'll get to that. But if you um, haven't seen the numbers yet, well, um, inflation in the month of Feb- February. Uh, was up 7.9%. Yeah, that's the highest in 40 years. So you have to be maybe 55 or older, because when you were little, when you were 12 or 13 or 7, it didn't, you know, you don't know inflation from the man on the moon. But if you're 55 or older, you go, oh, yeah, 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 I remember, I remember those days. Back there in the days when we had that superinflation, yeah, we did. So 7.9%. Um, it's it's interesting because of the fact that that I, I want to play a couple of things from the uh, Jen Psaki press briefing today because uh, she had to bring it up. And she once again is talking about the fact, where's my... Jen Psaki stuff here. Uh, she had to bring up, uh, we, uh, Peter Ducey uh, asked her all about it. And she had said, uh, well, uh, uh, in uh, the inflation numbers, the consumer price index numbers went up 7.9%. And uh, it was mostly due to uh, energy prices. And uh, it is, uh, it's, it's transitory. It, it's temporary. Oh, my gosh, she pulled that transitory temporary thing out, and I about fell off my chair, although I was driving at the time. And I, um, the Federal Reserve, Jay Powell, the head of the Federal Reserve, probably four months ago, five months ago, when inflation was really coming, starting to to grow, um, he said at one of the monthly news conference after their after their meetings, not monthly, but after one of their meetings, that it was uh, transitory. Maybe it was six months ago. And since then, he has been mocked by the financial media. And to his face at one of the later news conferences that he's required to give after a Federal Reserve Open Market Committee meeting, I said, you said this was transitory. What? Do, how do you define transitory? And he has taken it back going, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I was, uh, eh, I was wrong. So I guess Jen Psaki doesn't pay close attention to the Federal Reserve and to the chairman and what he has said. But she pulled it out and said, oh, yes. So Peter Ducey, cut 31, asked Jen Psaki, 
Uh, how long exactly is temporary? And we just heard you say again that you think inflation is going to be temporary. We've heard you say that it was going to be temporary since last spring. So how long do you guys think temporary is? Well, again, Peter, I think what we do is we rely on the assessments of the Federal Reserve and of outside economic analysts who give an assessment of how long it will last. The expectations and their assessment at this point continues to be that it will moderate by the end of the year. There's also no question that when a foreign dictator invades a foreign country and when that foreign dictator is the head of a country that is the third largest supplier of oil in the in the world that that is going to have an impact and it is yeah so it it don't don't forget it's putin's fault the only problem with that i don't mind blaming putin for everything uh the only problem with that is Inflation was roaring before we even got word that he was building up troops along the border of Ukraine. So Ducey says, well, so is your strategy to blame Vladimir Putin for everything until the midterm elections? And so to that point, inflation goes up today. The president's statement blames the Putin price hike. Are you guys just going to start blaming Putin for everything? until the midterms? Well, we've seen the price of gas go up at least 75 cents since President Putin lined up troops on the border of Ukraine. And and last month, the statement didn't mention the Putin price hike. It mentioned inflation because of the pandemic. Why is that? Well, Peter, last year, last two years, there was a pan global pandemic. Everyone who's a uh, global economist have all agreed that that has been the biggest contributor to date of inflation because of the impact on the supply chain. Obviously, global events impact the economy, the global economy, as well as global inflation. And the uh, price hikes as a result that have ex escalated over the course of time of President Putin's further invasion of uh, the impact on the global oil markets are, of course, having an impact. You know, when you were a kid in school and the teacher asked you to read uh, a chapter in a book uh, for homework, and the next day in class, uh, the teacher asked the class to, about the chapter you were supposed to, and you failed to read it, and the teacher calls on you, and you know how you kind of BS your way through it? Well, um, that was Jen Psaki's answer. She had no idea what she just said, let alone what she was talking about. She's just pulling crazy stuff out of thin air. First of all, she's, well, uh, economists all agree that it was because of the pandemic, and that's uh, the reason it caused inflation. And uh, no, no, first of all, uh, economists are more political than even politicians. You can find some wildly liberal economist and some wildly conservative economist and everything in between. They never agree on anything, but they certainly don't agree on the fact that the pandemic was the cause of inflation. It contributed in the sense that the government, first and foremost, poured trillions of dollars into the economy, into people's pocketbooks, and people went out and started buying stuff faster than normal and faster than the, anybody had been making because the, the factories had, had, had been running very slow because of the pandemic. 
And all of a sudden, we had shortages. But it was because of the fact that we gave people all kinds of money to go out and buy stuff. The pandemic was a contributor, but it wasn't the cause. So she just made up stuff out of thin air. And I I feel bad because I thought she was better than that. You know, when if, it, if they ask a question that, A, she doesn't want to answer, or, B, she doesn't know the answer to, she says, I'll refer you to uh, the Defense Department, or I refer you to the Transportation Department, I refer you to, because she doesn't have the answer or the expertise. I don't expect her to have the expertise in everything. But, man, alive, was that a bogus answer. So I thought it was um, actually kind of humorous. If I may, she, she also had said earlier that, uh, well, inflation is, is mostly because of uh, energy prices. Well, she is right about the fact that energy prices were uh, a big, 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 I mean, the biggest contributor, but less than half. May I go through some of this with you? Um, energy, let's see here, um, all items. Uh, food was up 8%. Food at home up 8%. Food away from home up 8.6%. Um, energy, commodities, gasoline, 37%. So that's the big one. No question about it. Other fuel oil, up 38%, you know, oil for your car and stuff like that. Um, electricity up 12.3. Uh, your utility gas service up nine. Your, um, we talked about yesterday, we talked about wheat prices have doubled in the last few months. Now, you go down the commodities list, commodities are way up as well. Uh, new vehicles up 12%. Used cars and trucks up 41%. Apparel up 7%. Um, services, transportation services up 6.6. I presume that's uh, Uber and Lyft. So, no, it, uh, yes, energy was a big part of it, but it wasn't even the, the majority. But she, is, she, she has got to focus everything off of the of the of what the Biden administration has done and onto a perfect villain. He's a great villain. If you, you, you couldn't ask for a better villain than Vladimir Putin. So, I mean, it was, Peter was, I thought, was rather polite and saying, are you going to blame Vladimir Putin for everything? Um, you want to talk about other types of precious metals and things like that out there. Uh, there's one that is catching a lot of questions because of the fact that uh, nickel prices have gone up faster uh, than the 145-year-old market for nickel. And, well, um, nickel is used in... A lot of things, I, I believe, that it is also used in batteries. Uh, but nickel prices have gone up over a hundred to uh, above a hundred thousand dollars a metric ton. Uh, eh, we don't have time for Jeff Curry here, but so I mean, there's there's a lot of things that are adding to all of this. But inflation started up last early last year. 
and it was transitory. And she actually pulled that out. She heard that from somewhere. She thought she could use it. So uh, I've got some farmers talking about fertilizer and um, uh, farm crops, uh, grocery store prices like flour made from wheat. We've got John Kerry worried about climate migration, which I think we should all be worried about. Phone number, you want to chime in here. The phone number to join the program today is 855-295-6600. We will be right back. Connect and engage with Tom Sullivan on air, online, on demand. So one of the one of the questions about this whole business then of uh, inflation is it, it, you can break the back of inflation, and I don't know uh, when. Uh, uh, Jen Saki says it will moderate by the end of the year. I'm quoting her that inflation will moderate by the end of the year. So in other words, uh, we now have to worry about what does moderate mean. Instead of 8% inflation, will it be 6 or 5 or 4 what? Um, the last time, 40 years ago, when we had this kind of inflation, Ronald Reagan had, was president. He inherited massive inflation from Jimmy Carter. He installed Paul Volcker. I think he installed him. Anyway, Volcker was the head of the Federal Reserve. And he and Reagan sat down and worked out what to do. And what they did was the Federal Reserve raised interest rates. And it went, um, I mean, they raised them until it was painful. And interest rates went up, I want to say 18, 19, maybe 20%. I remember mortgages were 15 and 16% for a home mortgage. So nobody was, not many were getting loans. The economy quickly slowed down. And we went into a recession, and we came out of that with a barn burner couple of decades of, of, of wonderful economic results. But it took putting us through the wood chipper to get inflation out of our economy. So how they will do that this time, I'm not sure. But what it will what what people are starting to use already is the R word recession that we're going to have to go into re- this is going to cause interest rates to keep going higher and prices to keep going higher to where you will start slowing down on your purchases. You won't maybe take a, as long of a vacation or as nice of a vacation as you were thinking. You'll cut back. I presume there's a lot of you that have already figured out that you've got to start cutting back on your driving. So you will, it will slow down the economy, and the question is, can, can we do a soft landing? And that is what the Federal Reserve would love to see, but I don't see it yet, and they haven't raised interest rates. Well, they will next week. They said they will do it next week by a quarter of a percent. That's it. That's nothing. So they're trying to achieve a soft landing, and by doing that, they're not really grabbing 
this inflationary spiral. But this is, um, it's much more than just Russia because inflation was going long before Vladimir Putin showed up with his troops on the Ukrainian border. I don't know if you're ready for a recession. Recessions usually mean that unemployment goes up, people start getting laid off, um, prices will stay high until you just cannot afford them anymore, and you will go without. You will start tightening the belt. And if the recession hits and it hits you, then you're going to be in trouble. If it doesn't hit you, you're going to be looking around and going, everybody else is in trouble, I better cut back too. So the only way out of of hyperinflation is, well, it doesn't have to be a, a, a recession, but it probably will be. Because they keep talking about a soft landing, and I don't see the Fed raising interest rates a little bit here and then a little bit a couple of months later and a couple of months after that, a little bit more, and have everything just gradually slow down. I don't see it. But that's what they want. I'm just telling you, if if Jen Psaki is saying that inflation will moderate by the end of the year, I don't know what she means. Does she mean 6% inflation instead of 8? Sorry, 79 and does moderate mean moderating the economy so that we're we're in a recession by the end of the year? Remember, their focus is all about November, the midterm elections. And right now, I could not begin to predict what the economy will look like come November of 22. 855 Connect and engage with Tom Sullivan on air, online, on demand. From New York City to the world, Tom Sullivan. Well, we have um, uh, some nice news uh, rather than all this uh, tragedy out there. Uh, Major League Baseball and the Players Association have reached an agreement, and uh, the lockout is over, and Major League Baseball will uh, have opening day on April 7th. So a little less than one month from now. Uh, spring training starts March 13th, three days from now. So uh, Major League Baseball, good. is uh, I'm glad to see they got that result. I don't know the details, but at least they're going to be back playing here fairly soon. Um, phone number is 855-295-6600. Let's talk to Larry in California. Larry, hi. Thanks for calling. Welcome. Hi, Tom, and good day to you. Hi. Unfortunately, yes, I think the hardest the hardest people that are going to be hit is the restaurant industry. Uh, they were hit before, but now there's no stimulus checks to cover the owners or the workers. Right. 
people with the inflation, that's where they're going to cut back. You still have to go absolutely. to work. You don't have to eat out. Right, absolutely. It's it's yeah. eating out is a is is a cultural thing, but it's also a financial choice. It's a lot easier to make something at home, a lot cheaper to make the ingredients of something at home. It's nicer to go out to a restaurant. But I agree with you. When t- when the economy slows down, the restaurants, that's usually one of the first places where people say, oh, we're, we're not going to be going out as often or at all. So I don't know. I don't, I don't see a recession on the horizon imminently. I don't see the, the storm clouds. But the only way out of this inflationary cycle is eventually it's going to have to be pulled back, and when you pull back, it'd be nice to have just a nice soft landing. I've never seen one. I don't think there's ever been one. What do you see? Well, I see a lot of people who got raises, but there's a lot of people who don't get raises. And uh, my industry, for all they want to talk about, my last uh, three years, I've gotten less of 1% per year. Wow. And I'm a truck driver. I'm a local one. I don't do What's that beeping? Country, but I still... What's, the beep- What's that beeping thing? Somebody's trying to get your attention. <laughs> telling me... What is that thing? Are you on. <laughs> oh, I, th- I thought maybe you were speeding or something. I didn't know what that was. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, I. How are you doing with the prices out there? Are are is uh, are you independent or do you work for somebody? I work. I work for a major corporation. Uh, what are they saying? What are they telling you? <laughs> are they asking you guys to, oh. you know, drive more carefully, drive a few miles per hour less? Because you know, if you drive slower, you don't use as much gas. Slightly. Well, it's it's kind of unfortunate. I've always been the kind of guy, if I can save the company money, it's going to come back to me. But unfortunately, what I've seen with this company is they don't think that way and they don't play that way. So, oh, boy. Uh, so I just, uh, you know, they want to they, – they they say they care, but, you know, one lesson – I'm not even keeping up with inflation. Most people aren't. Most people aren't. No, they aren't. Not. And this is before the new rates. When it was more around, you know, the annual two and a half, three percent, I was okay. But uh, fortunately, I've got a little extra income coming in different ways. Good. (laughs) Oh, you have to. (laughs) Oh, good. Well. As long as the people pay you, you'll be fine. Oh, it, uh, but if it's, they, it's if they under, can't pay you, then then what do you do? I mean, that's the well, trickle down. That is what happens. My my unit is a small unit. Basically, it's an accessory dwelling unit, and uh, I've got a person in there who gets uh, subsidy through a local local housing uh, county housing type thing. So all during this time, my rent was pretty much guaranteed, except for her share, and her share was very small. Yeah, 
I, I did some I did some Section 8 housing. Is that is that what you're doing? Because I did some Section 8 housing years and years ago. Oh, I bought some they call Section 8 because the, the check was, was guaranteed. Yeah, you know, that's a good deal and for a landlord. I've got a very good tenant. It works. It works very well for her, for us. Good. And good. I'm very happy. Well, it sounds like you've got exactly. a, a couple of uh, fingers in the pie, and that's what you need to do. <laughs> the, the The days of you turn 65 and you go home with your gold watch uh, and and sit that doesn't happen anymore. So. Well, no, I passed that five it, years ago. Yeah. No. Fat, the. Uh, yeah, you you gotta have you gotta have something else because inflation kills retired people on fixed income and and low income people on fixed government programs. Um, well, it the, the the it just does. I mean, other people can figure out maybe to get another job or do what they have to do. But with a recession, uh, we will watch this whole thing slow down. I don't know if a recession is coming this year. Or next, but I would feel very confident that that it will come somewhere in the next twenty four months because they've got to get out of this inflationary cycle, and that will take time. But I don't know. It's also it's also going to take cooperation from this administration to be more favorable to um, domestic oil and gas production, and right now they're not favorable to it. Yeah, I've got a little other income coming in uh, in the entertainment industry. Uh, I resell my football tickets. <laughs> oh. We'll see how the market is this year because that's discretionary yeah. income also. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. All right. Well, Larry, thank you. Appreciate the okay. call. I um, yeah, I think I think a lot of people are 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 trying to figure out how to. Spend a few extra dollars here. Spend. It, you've got to either increase your revenue or decrease your expenses. Uh, that's what it comes down to. Here's Jeff Curry. He's a Goldman Sachs guy um, talking about the price of nickel, which isn't probably what you buy a lot of, but it certainly is part of the inflationary economy. There is a bullish story to nickel. Remember, it's an EV, you know, it's a green metal. It goes into the batteries, so it's part of that green EV story. So strong demand, no supply. Um, And it was, you can see on that picture, it was in a normal bullish upward trajectory like many of the other commodities until the last several days. So what happened over the last several days? Liquidity in these markets are collapsing. And I want to repeat, collapsing across oil, gas, metals, agriculture. Um, Part of that's the higher volatility discourages investors and market participants. And then the liquidity drops off, which makes the volatility get higher. Now, what made this so vicious to the upside, and we're seeing this in other markets like, you know, wheat, um, you know, European gas, is that you're closing the producer positions. And what happened here is a, you know, a producer, a big Chinese producer who was short out on the, you know, the, the nickel curve had a margin call. Um, and as they tried to cover those positions and buy it back, it created that huge spike um, in nickel prices. We've seen it in many of the other commodities over the course of the last two to three months. Yeah. So that was more of a trading problem. Yeah, there's a Chinese uh, company that does a lot of nickel, and they took a bet, and they were wrong, and they led to an $8 billion loss. But the price of nickel 
which is used in a lot of different things that are ma in manufacturing, it has been been up um, 13%, 14%. It, it's now up 204% in the last couple of weeks. Just one more item adding to the inflationary cycle. Unpredictable, unprecedented, undeniable. Tom Sullivan. I guess um, Jen Psaki has to come up with a villain, and, and that's why she's blaming uh, Putin for all this. But I, uh, for the life of me, I don't know. Uh, David Jolly, he's an Indiana farmer. His worry is about fertilizer, and he says uh, without fertilizer, they're not going to be able to produce the crops that the world needs. We have to have affordable fertilizer. We have to have affordable potash. Uh, and if we don't, then other things are going to be affected. Absolutely. We will not have the product that the world so badly needs in soybeans and corn and wheat. Soybeans, corn, wheat. Um, and these are, I mean, the idea of fertilizer exponentially increased the ability of farmers to produce more and better crops. And without it, they're not going to be able to do that. Tim Anderson, he's a um, uh, professor of business, Oklahoma State University. He says prices are going to continue to rise as uh, this inflation kicks in. If these prices continue, uh, you'll see uh, bread prices slightly higher because only about 10% of the cost of a loaf of bread is wheat. However, if you're, look, if you're buying flour off the shelf, uh, all-purpose flour, bread flour, that price is liable to increase 25 30% if these prices hold even more. Yeah, you didn't want a steak, did you? How about even a, a hamburger? Um, Carl Rove points out what I was telling you. Inflation problems started before Vlad showed up on the Russian-Ukraine border. Yeah, look, this is sort of weird to me because, look, here, here's the deal. Uh, the inflation rate is 7.9% year over year. That's through the end of February. It's 8.4% in, in, in the last three months, December, January, and February. The vast bulk of the increases in energy prices have come before Ukraine happened. Now, will... Uh, the fact that the uh, Russian oil uh, reserves, I mean, we, we, we import 3.7% of our average daily use comes from Russian oil. So if we're no longer going to import that, will that have an effect on price? Yes. But the vast bulk of these price increases in gasoline are, are coming from the same place that the vast increases in other prices, prices for groceries, prices for homes, and that is that the United States government in between the middle of 2020 and the middle of 2021 was in essence borrowing money from the future and spending so much money that it was equal to 
the entire gross domestic product. Normally, the federal government spends, spends money that's equal to about 20% of GDP, but they spent so much money in that 12-month, 13-month period that it was larger than the U.S. economy. And what does that mean? That means that we increased demand, we had too much money chasing too few goods, and that's the classic definition of inflation. Mm -hmm. So will there be an inflationary impact of Putin? Yes, but it's, it's in the future. In the past, are the policies of big spending, some of it probably justified for COVID, but nonetheless having a huge impact on our economy, and not a good one, because what it caused is people's wages to rise slower than the costs that they had to put out for at the grocery store and at the gas pump. Yeah. So inflation has, um, I, I, I will argue with Carl about the fact that uh, energy prices, gas prices, they have really shot up in the last week since the invasion, last couple, last two weeks. Um, questions about the supply of oil and all of that. But the rest of it was going up. And so it was oil and gas long before Vladimir Putin showed up on building up, uh, even before he did the buildup on the Ukrainian border. So what has President Biden been doing about it? And I find this part of it to be way underreported. You're not going to hear a lot of people talking about this. Quick mentions about the fact that the president has uh, picked up the phone and wants to get the OPEC and the Saudis uh, to produce more oil. And then there's the whole question about Iran and the question about um, Venezuela. But just going to the people that we're normally friendly with and say, can you produce more oil? Um, Wall Street Journal is just one of the places reporting on this, but they will not take his call. The White House has attempted to call the leaders of Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates to build support for producing more oil. And the Saudi crown prince and the sheik over at the UAE both declined requests to pick up the phone. They will not talk to Joe Biden. Remember when he was running, he said the big bad orange man has made all these our, 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 these countries around the world. They're no longer our friends. He's ruined our international relationship. Vote for me and I will restore the, the, the United States as the beacon on top of the hill. We will be the crown of, of everything. Everybody will love us again. And the, and the Saudis and the UAE will not even accept his phone call. So, I mean, we've had a long partnership, uh, say what it is, <clears throat> questionable, but we've gone with uh, Saudi Arabia for a long, long time. The reason for this, and this is just like uh, you do business or I do business or anybody else's, somebody crosses you, do you want to do business with them again? The Saudis have signaled that the relationship has gone bad because they want more support for the problems that they are doing. They're fighting the Houthis and everybody else in Yemen's civil war. And they also want help with their own civilian nuclear program because I, Iran is moving ahead with getting an, a nuke bomb and the Saudis want one too. And Joe Biden told him to go pound sand. 
He's not going to help them with any of that. And so the crown prince in Saudi Arabia uh, says, we're not, we're not going to, we're not going to help him. He's not willing to help us. And then on top of that, there's a whole bunch of lawsuits coming from the U.S. over the killing of Jamal Khashoggi. And they don't like that either. So the Emiratis in the UAE, they uh, say that the U.S. has turned their back on... Uh, the United Arab Emirates, and they're both concerned, both the Saudis and the United Arab Emirates are concerned about the revival of the Iran nuclear deal where they're going to have Iran who wants to be the, the most powerful nation in the Middle East. And both the Saudis and the United Arab Emirates are both going, we don't like this. Can we, can we do something? Can we work together? And our State Department has told them to go pound sand. So Biden picks up the phone and calls them and says, hey, hey, can we um, talk about pumping more oil? I'm sorry. The prince is not available for your phone call, Mr. President.